Hi, uh, I'd like to welcome you to the Goodman Brothers Sports Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Adam. And uh, we're going to be hitting a lot of baseball today. Going to be focusing on the Yankees. Going to going to talk a little bit about the no hitter. Some sophomore players you might break out, see if they're for uh, if they're for real or if they're going to regress a little. Then we'll also touch on the uh, Red Sox and how much they suck, and also about the Rays and how they're pretty dang good. That's right. All right. So uh, our Yankees. <laughs> Very good start. Uh, I couldn't be happier. I don't know about you, Matt, but uh, I'm pretty excited about what this means for uh, repeating this year. I have to agree, and I didn't. I didn't expect this at all. I mean, we've started slow. We have a lot of guys who, you know, historically they they're not fast starters. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's no surprise that Tex is only you know hitting about 100, right, and hadn't hit a home run until yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um. But there are also some players on our team that start fast. I mean, Robinson Cano is having having, you know, a fast start, probably even faster than we're used to from him. But uh, you're right. It wasn't an expected thing. I mean, I have to say just about Robinson's that, uh, I mean, Robbie has always had the ability to be an outstanding hitter and an outstanding fielder. But there are times when he just, you know, he'd swing it uh, at a breaking ball's low in the zone. Um, well, I mean, he's a guy. Especially so, that, yeah, especially from left-handers, that slider uh, low and away. Yeah. He'd swing right over those. Yeah, but he's he's squaring up everything. I mean, it seems like even his outs are hit on the line. It's uh, It's pretty impressive. Absolutely. I mean, if you make that kind of contact and you're taking some of the pitches that you're flailing over, you know, and as you said, he's got all the physical gifts in the world, you're going to have success. And if he makes the pitcher throw strikes, he can hit pretty much anything in the strike zone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, light, lightning fast bat, bat, great hands. Uh, but, I mean, there are a lot of guys we can say that about who never learn the strike zone, but it's just it's really good to see him, you know, sort of figure that out and also in the field keep his keep his focus from play to play. Right. I mean, and, and you know, the, the writers have been writing about this is that his off-field regimen and his, uh, you know, preseason regimen has gotten a lot more rigorous. I mean, you expect it kind of because he got dogged a little bit by Girardi last season. I think he was um, fined or he was uh, benched um, for a game because he didn't run out some ground balls. Which was the right thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, I think it kind of just gave him a little push, and especially winning the World Series and, and just kind of being around people like Posada and Jeter that have been doing it for years. And, you know, they're getting a little older, and they can't just rely on their physical gifts anymore. And he kind of, I think, yeah. got a wake-up call a little bit. Um, and it can only be good for him and the team. And uh, it's, really, it's really good to see because uh, he's kind of picked up the team. <laughs> yeah, and we've needed some picking up with some early struggles with uh, some of the other offensive players. I mean, Nick Johnson, uh, he's been taking his walks, but he's not hitting for high average. Um, and uh, Teixeira, obviously, he's struggling. A-Rod hasn't been uh, doing his thing early in the season, but that's why we have. That's why we have, uh, you know, nine guys in the lineup. Exactly. I mean, because we got Jeter. I mean, Jeter's always going to hit, and uh, he's pretty been consistent in his career, not having particularly slow starts or good starts. I mean, he's going to produce for you. Posada's always solid with, solid with the bat. Um, and, and, the, and you're right. The thing is that that Yankee lineup has such protection up and down the order um, that someone like Robinson Cano can hit. What is he hitting, like fifth or sixth? He's hitting fifth. He's hitting fifth, and he's getting lots of RBI opportunities. Well, he's getting a lot of RBI opportunities. He has Posada hitting behind him, so you can't pitch around almost anyone in that lineup, um, you know, one through nine. And that's the, that's the thing that, like, that the Yankees 
of the current past couple of years have, have had is that they've had protection up and down the lineup, and that just makes it hell on the uh, starting pitching. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't know how much Joe Girardi knows about linear weights or anything like that, but, <laughs> I mean, there there have been some studies done on, uh, you know, like on-base percentages, King, how that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. And that's true, to generate runs, because scoring runs is a process, the process of scoring runs. You want your high on-base percentage guys at the top, but toward the middle and bottom of the lineup – Guys that are going to be, you know, hopefully batting a lot with men on base, slugging, slugging percentage is almost as important. Absolutely. In in, in those spots. So I mean, a guy like Robinson Cano, and he, I mean, his pitch selection's gotten better. He still doesn't walk a ton. He's always going to be hitting for average, and he's right. going to be slugging. Those are the two things you're going to see from him. Right. That's the best place, and I I think Girardi did the right thing, whether or not he knows why he did it, but he, he's he's uh, maximizing uh, Robbie's run scoring ability by putting him uh putting him in fifth or sixth and not like you know second or something like that absolutely it's the the smartest place to put him absolutely and you know and talking about the on-base percentage guys and the guys that are going to be pesky you know you got nick johnson you have i think a guy that people are kind of overlooking a little bit and and should get a little more due is uh brett gardner i mean now there's a guy that has been playing for a couple years he's always been in the yankees and uh you know he's always had this potential he's People have talked about him on and off as the as the center field replacement, but as long as Johnny Damon was there, you know, I don't think they were going to take him from the leadoff spot. But there's a guy that gives, along with Curtis Granderson, who we'll get, touch on as well, um, yeah. kind of the speed and that uh, that element to the Yankee offense that hasn't always been there, probably since we've been watching baseball. I mean, I don't I don't think it, they really had a base stealing threat other than Jeter, who's never going to be a 30 40 stolen base guy um, no, he has to stay healthy, that and that's just too much wear that's too much wear and tear in his body he right but a guy like choose a spot but definitely but i mean like a guy like brett gardner you know he, he's gonna go off steal a base you know he's gonna try to steal a base every almost every time he's there on base yeah. <laughs> when he gets on first base because that's his game you know he's gonna slap the ball to the opposite field and he's gonna hustle down the line and he's gonna force errors you know he's gonna force more you know one or two more errors out of a guy than a defender than you would otherwise because I mean, they're the aware. Most important thing, the most important thing is that he's a high percentage base stealer. He's Absolutely. not only fast, but he does not get thrown out a lot. Right. I mean, it was an anomaly today when he got uh, yesterday when he got uh, when he was fooled on the pitcher's yeah. move. You know, that doesn't happen very often to him. It was his first cost, caught stealing in like 15, 20 attempts, something like that. And if you're converting at that high a rate, you're 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 a great offensive weapon. I have to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't, I don't know how much of a limb this is, but <laughs> he's going to be. I say he's going to be more valuable this year. You know, taking into account base running, hitting, and uh, fielding, particularly mm-hmm. fielding, he's going to be a more valuable player this year than Johnny Damon. Yeah, I, I would not. I don't think that's a big stretch, and um, I'll go out on that limb with you. Um, I, I've always been a fan of Brett Gardner. I always thought he was a guy that they needed on the Yankees. You know, maybe he didn't hit the ball a ton. But that's never anything that we really needed him to do. There are enough bats on the Yankees that are going to pick up the offense. Um, yeah. We need him on the base pass so he can be the guy scoring the runs. And if you can, I mean, yeah. And if you can score 100 runs in a season or 120 runs, you know that's perfect. That's what we want him to do. I mean, and he's not a guy who gets them. I mean, when he first came up, I was a little afraid. You know, he has sort of that slashing stroke. Mm. He doesn't look like he's trying to hit for power. I was afraid that he was gonna he was gonna be eaten up by power pitchers that they're gonna knock the bat out of his hand. Right. But I mean, 
he's a hard worker, and he's made. I mean, Kevin Long. I I got to give him all the credit in the world. He's. I think he's really done great things. Uh, Brett does a lot of good jobs fouling off t- tough pitches until he can get himself to a pitch that he can, you know, slice over someone or hit on the right. ground toward a hole or, you know, and then so he can use his legs. So he. I mean, he he, he should have a high batting average in balls in play. I mean, he has a skill set to do it. Right. Uh, I I have to say that he's really I think he's exceeded I mean my personal expectations because he's not the kind of player you know I normally <laughs> I normally go for <laughs> true but uh he's he's grown on me and his defense I mean yeah he 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 can really cover ground yeah I mean it, it, the Yankees have a wealth of riches um, in terms of defensive talent in the outfield um, I mean the center and and, and left fielder pretty much a lockdown. I mean, I'm not worried about any ball that gets hit out there. I mean, Granderson and, and Gardner can, they could probably play the field, outfield with just two guys. I mean, the guys yeah, and, have that much range. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Girardi did a really good job. I think that, you know, in Yankee stadium, I'm just going to talk about Girardi a little bit here because I think he deserves yeah, some credit for absolutely. the team. Well, that, uh, you know, center field, the entire, is it going to be Granderson? Is it going to, is it going to be Gardner? You know, left field in Yankee stadium is a big place. Yeah. And, you have two guys, one guy in center, one guy in left. That's the big area of the ballpark. It, if you have two guys with a lot of range, you can you can move them around so that, you know, Gardner's helping, you know, shade one way in center for some hitters, and then they're shading the other way. I, I, I mean, it doesn't really – defensively, it shouldn't make that much of a difference. I think Girardi did the right thing, not yeah. rocking the boat, letting Granderson stay at his natural position. Maybe later we'll have to move him. But, I mean, he's 29. He's in no danger. No. Of uh, having to get moved anytime soon. I think that Girardi's done a really good job keeping, you know, uh, spring training and now uh, beginning of the season. I mean, no stress, no, no, no hassle. Everything is no drama. It's just wins. No, yeah, and and you know, and I don't, and I don't even get the feeling from the from the the the, the mannerisms of this team and the the personality of this team with the kind of people they have playing. That if they happen to face some uh, adversity later on in the season, which they will. I mean, it's a long season. Um, yeah. that I don't think they're going to fall apart. I mean, it's a team of winners. A lot of these people just won the World Series last season. I mean, you know, Derek and, and Jorge and, uh, you know, Mariano added one for the thumb. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I really don't think that they're going to fall apart. I would be really surprised. And uh, it's just really loose right now. And that's the best that way they can be. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the new arrivals. Uh, in the in the pinstripes. Sure. I mean, we already touched on uh, Granderson a little, how he's been uh, playing really, really well. I think uh, Nick Johnson and Javier Vasquez are the two really interesting guys since they've been struggling a little bit. Yes, definitely. But, uh, I mean, Nick 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 the Stick hasn't really been... <laughs> Nick the <it>. Stick. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a laid-back guy. He hasn't showed, shown any signs of getting annoyed or flustered. I mean, he's just going to go up there. He's going to take his pick, pitches, take his walks. and I mean, I think he's the perfect attitude to be a Yankee. Well, I mean, I'm, I've never... I was very, very happy that we got Nick Johnson back. I mean, I was not happy when we traded him. You know, I thought that he was going to be a great player, and he ended up being an all-star for the Nationals and really kind of being... The centerpiece of that that lineup. Obviously, they didn't have anyone else, but yeah. you know he was oh, a good Zimmerman. But <laughs> Zimmerman. I mean, they had one other person, but I mean, it, they're nine people that have to bat, right? Yeah. So I was happy we got Nick back, and even though he's not hitting for a high average, he's still taking his walks, as you mentioned. And if a guy is going to take his walks, it means he's, he's seeing the ball well, 
and he's going to start making contact and, and getting some hits. So his average is just going to go up. He'll start getting hits. I'm not worried about him. And, uh, the, you know, he, he's not there to be the savior of the offense. I mean, the Yankees are a team that doesn't need that. You know, we're not the Mets. We need to call up Ike Davis or whatever his name is and yep. hope that he's going to hit enough, you know, like 500 home runs a game so they can <laughs> score. You know, I mean, so Nick Nick Johnson is, is, is not a, that much of a problem. If, yeah, if I mean, on, the, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, Javier Vasquez is already getting a little prickly about getting booed. Yeah, well, I mean, which I understand. I mean, it, 2004 was a long time ago, but you're a grown man. I mean, you know what it's like in New York. I mean, he played yeah. here before. Uh, they're not booing you because they don't like you personally. They're booing you because they want results and they have a long memory. The Yankee fans are going to remember when you when you failed them. Though it might not be fair because it wasn't necessarily Javier Vasquez's fault. I mean, but, Kevin but, Brown kind of <laughs> was bad too. Yeah. But still. But the Yan- but Yankees fans, I mean, fair or not, I mean – we're paying him over ten million dollars this year. Eleven and a half million. Yeah, we're paying him eleven and a half million dollars, and uh, you know, if he if he doesn't deliver with the prices at Yankee Stadium, and I'm more yeah. than willing to pay that price. You know, it's a beautiful ballpark. We're a great team. We're being run really well. But I mean, if you're an eleven and a half million dollar player and you're pitching like you should be getting paid league minimum, yeah. you're gonna get booed. I'm sorry, you're 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 just gonna get booed. And you're gonna get booed anywhere if you do that. So uh, don't complain and say that it's because it's 2004. I mean, I agree with everything you just said. And uh, he's only being asked to be a fourth starter, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, for some most pitchers that get paid $11.5 million a year, they're the ace. Yeah. So don't come in. You know, I mean, you, you've got Andy Pettit, who's 38, pitching ahead of you in, in, in the rotation. And pitching well. And pitching like he's 25. So yeah. <laughs> don't come in here and say that. And, you know, I just – it just is really annoying. <laughs> yeah. It, you know what? I mean, that's the thing about New York. You get the highest highs, but you also get the lowest lows. They build you up and they tear you down. But, I mean, just talking about guys that are being built up, I mean, how about Ubaldo Jimenez? Uh, and, and he deserves it too. Yeah. Now, that's a good kid. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean he uh, celebrated his no-hitter by going for a six-mile run the next day. Well, that night, he couldn't sleep. He couldn't sleep. He, he was yeah. up. You know, he was like, they interviewed him about the run. He's like, they didn't tell me I couldn't sleep afterwards. <laughs> you know, he, he's he's such. That's the kind of player who, who's kind of playing for the love of the game, and and he's not up there because he's getting paid millions of dollars. He'd probably play if he got paid five bucks in a meal. You know, yeah. uh, that that's who he is. I mean, and, it makes uh, the game a lot happier when you're throwing 120 some odd pitches and your last pitch is at like 97. Yeah. I mean, that that's a happy thing to do. <laughs> and he, you know, and we'll later on in later episodes we'll get more into uh, pitch mechanics. I think that's a, a kind of a pet uh, interest of both uh, myself and my brother. But you know, he has such a great motion. You know, he does all the fundamentals right. Um, I know he had some uh, elbow trouble back in the minors maybe two, three years ago, but it seems to have been worked out. Um, and, and you like to see some a kid like that who has such great natural stuff, but also yeah. pitches in a way where you feel he's going to be able to do it for a long time. And, uh, you know, some people will say, you know, it's a risk-reward kind of thing where they're just going to flame out, they'll have six good years, and then they won't ever be able to use their arm again. 
Um, I don't like that philosophy. Um, I think, you know, the pitcher should be taught or try to be, teach them um, how to pitch so they can do it for a long time. Um, but Ubaldo Jimenez, I mean, <laughs> I mean that fastball story. is is unbelievable. I mean, these guys throw he's throwing 96, 97, 98, 99, 100, T- but these aren't hunt. straight. Yeah. Yeah, but these aren't straight. These fastballs are 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 jiving all over the place. They are they are rising, they're sinking, they're cutting, they're running. They're uh Yeah, I mean, he's got crazy. I mean, his two-seamer, I mean, he's a righty, so the two-seamer is going to uh, you know, move what from like uh, 11 to, to 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 five, you know, 11 to four, like going 97 miles an hour with uh, 12 inches of break. I mean, that's not fair. No, it's not <laughs> fair. And you you saw, I mean, the only thing that can hurt him, the only thing that can hurt him is his own wildness. I yeah. mean, even the no, no hitter, six walks. Usually, if you have six walks, you're not gonna you're not gonna throw a complete game, and you're not gonna throw a no hitter. But I okay, they were talking. When he was first coming up, I was reading uh, scouting reports, and they were saying, you know, command issues maybe should be moved to a reliever to be mm. a closer uh, to, to give him a longer career because they were a little worried because of those elbow problems that you that you mentioned before. But I, I want to talk about a, a bigger topic here is uh, how people are so quick to move, you know, like, like the to- conversation about Jabba Chamberlain or somebody like that, to move a guy from the rotation into the bullpen. I'm not going to say organizations. I'm going to say how fans and sports writers oftentimes, you know, like Naftali Feliz, for example. He's the closer, well, nominal closer in Texas right now. Kid's a starter. He should be. He's got the stuff. He should at least be given a chance. Right. You know, I mean, any good starter out there, I'm sure Roy Halladay would make an awesome closer. Of course, because he could go out there and wing it full, you know, full strength, you know, or maybe like 120%, right? Yeah. Of course, that would make his his sick stuff even sicker. Yeah, but what's the point? I mean, I mean, one great innings not as valuable as eight, eight very good innings. Right. Or even six. I mean, well, we can just deal with numbers that way. It's 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 very obvious. Exactly. Uh, and I'm just happy the Rockies stuck with the kid. I even though I think he he might have control problems all his all his life, if he can keep his that that nasty nasty fastball for you know for a yeah. long time, hopefully. I mean, those those command issues they they disappear. <laughs> well, they do disappear, and he's young, so he's gonna learn more about how to maybe dial it back a little bit, and maybe that will help his control. Or maybe there's a subtle change in his his delivery he can make, or maybe he'll just figure it out. Yeah. But if he can have success with his current control, um, which I think is more a factor of just the natural break and natural movement of his of his pitches, um, that you want to keep, you want to keep that movement. Um, then he'll be fine, and he's going to be a star. He's already a star. I mean, he's already a star. You know, he's he's been he's what the he's what the Rockies need. They don't have a lot. Uh, oh no, they're they're a real good team. I oh, mean, okay. they're a real good team. They're a real good organization. I mean, they're not the flashiest. I mean, they're one of those teams that sort of sneaks up on you. There are some guys on that team. You know, I'm going like Clint Barmas. Like, really? Isn't he the guy who got hurt carrying venison up the stairs? Um, but you know, he's country strong. He's country strong. Well, he was country broken after that. Uh, (laughs) Well, the the deer showed him. Yeah, exactly. The deer got its revenge after. I stand corrected uh, about the Rockies. You're right. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they used to be, I mean, I, I, that Todd Helton deal hurt them for a long time, but they built a really good organization inside now. I mean, Troy Tulowitzki is, 
is the closest thing to Superman I've ever seen. He's a hoss. He's a hoss for yeah. sure. And he plays it I'm the just... right way. And I'm going to say that about any guy who hustles. You know, I might not I might not like Dustin Pedroia, but he plays the game the right way. He hustles. Yeah. And uh, Tolowitzki, you're right. He's Superman. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's a huge dude. He hits for power. He plays <laughs> amazing defense. I mean, the kid, really, the sky's the limit. I think, you know, he was he was great last year, had a bounce-back season after a somewhat disappointing 08. Um, but I think... I think for him that you know I hope I hope he be, I hope the Rockies make the playoffs make a run this year because I think more people need to know who he is and really see I mean he's one of the best if not the best shortstop in the majors today and I I hope he gets his due complete player complete player and you and you always want to see those guys get their their due um you know and and again we have to go back to him and as um as you said before to me uh, earlier in the week. Uh, probably the the ugliest no hitter we've ever seen, but uh, got the job done. Yeah, <laughs> and he, you know, and he completed the game, and that's another issue. You know, I want to talk about at some point is that uh, pitch counts and uh, really kind of the not the I don't want to say coddling, but the obsession with pitch counts. And I don't know that maybe that that's related to the way that we're teaching um, kids how to pitch as they as they come up, or um, the pitches that we allow them to allow them to throw when they're younger. Yeah. Um, which is leading to more strain early on a young body, and then that necessitates people not pitching the way they used to. Um, so we'll touch on that topic more. But yeah, I think that, I think that's a good that's a good thing to talk about in another uh, dish because that's that's a whole show in and of itself. It is. It is. But Jimenez was fantastic. Um, you know, the whole season I think just in terms of baseball, the, the whole league over has been really positive this year. I mean, the Yankees yeah. have been doing well, but, you know, they've hit them. And as no hitter and, uh, you know, the Rays doing well and, uh, you know, the Rockies have not, don't have a bad team. And just, well, it seems like everyone, uh, there's just a good feeling about this season. Like uh, we're going to get a lot of good play. A lot of the teams that should do well are going to do well. I mean, yeah, it's a real positive. I agree with you completely. I think the only place where people don't have a real good feeling, Boston. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, think, yeah. we know why that is. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really bother me very much, but... Uh, neither one of us, since we're Yankees, no. but... Uh, My condolences to the wonderful people of Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think that I think that you're right, and, uh, I mean, some of the big stories we have sort of this year are the sophomore players. I mean, everybody talked about Strasburg and, uh, you know, Chapman before the season, but I think lost in the shuffle... Are, are, are a lot of these uh, players who were rookies last year are really going to get a chance to uh, really plant their flag in the major show that either, you know, A, their struggles, just, you know, growing pains, or B, their dominance, you know, they're here for years to come. And one guy, the one guy I want to start with is Jay Bruce. He's an outfielder for the Reds, huge power, left-handed mm-hmm. guy, had a really bad uh, start to the season, but, uh, I mean, mashed two homers last night. So yeah, with a lot of hype too. Came into the season last year with a lot of hype, and I think didn't he go like uh, three for four in his debut or uh, something like that last year? I mean, he start he started off hot. You know, he hit a bunch of fastballs, showed he could do that. Right. And he cooled off. As the league adjusts to him, you know, the yeah. league was probably like, okay, let's see if you can hit the major league fastball. He showed he could catch up to it, and then they're like, well, can you hit a major league breaking ball? And not so much. No, and, and discipline's never really been his strong suit. But at the end of last season, I mean, uh, last September, he picked it up. He was batting uh, closer to 300. 
uh, hit a couple out. But, I mean, he was batting under the Mendoza line to start this season off. He was uh, like 0 for 18 to start or something bad like that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I watched a few of the games. So I have him in a couple fantasy leagues. Um, I still believe in the power, even if uh, his contact problems will persist. I, I saw he was hitting a lot of balls hard just right at people. Okay, so I mean, if that's the case, that, that he's making some hard contact, it just happens to be bad luck. And, you know, as much as baseball is a game of skill, it also can sometimes just come down to whether you hit it right at a guy yeah. or if you hit it uh, in a gap. So, if you know, I'm going to trust your judgment on this. Um, wh- I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Would you... Would you compare him to a player like Adam Dunn, who's always had a lot of strikeouts, um, and, but has gigantic power when he actually hits the ball? Dunn is that has a... one major advantage. Uh, Adam Dunn is way more patient. He knows the strike zone much, much better. Okay. Okay. So who would you who would you compare him, Jay Bruce, to now, like a current major league that, leaguer that the listeners out there might recognize? I mean. <laughs> Actually, uh, a guy that uh, a guy that I don't know if most people would recognize him, but in, another guy with some huge power, and we we can talk about him now too. He's another young player. He's uh, on the Blue Jays. Another outfielder, Travis Snyder. Another guy with big power. You know, bad season last year, bad start to this season, but a huge amount of power. Um, you know, he's one of those guys. Um, All right. I'm, I'm 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 searching for a comparison for Jay Bruce. It's a little tough because. That skill set's somewhat unusual. Mm. Uh, he does, uh, I mean, guys like him usually are either more patient at the plate, or um, or if they if they if they swing more often, they make more contact. But I mean, he's one of those guys that when he hits it, they stay hit. Right. But when right. he doesn't hit it, you know, I think that you could probably if you hooked up a uh, wind turbine <laughs> that you could probably power the stadium. Right. Right. <laughs> they they feel it back in the nosebleeds. When yeah. uh, he misses the ball. All right. So, I mean, you know, my assessment of a, a player like that would be that he needs to learn at least minimal, minimal, you know, control of the of the zone. He's got to learn at least what is a marginal strike over, you know, a way outside ball or inside ball. I mean, he's got to learn something because unless he's going to be able to just somehow shorten up his swing or maybe it's not even a swing issue. um, but if he can't make more contact, he really can't be too much of an impact player. Because as you said, Adam Dunn at least walks. You know, he gets on base. Um, he doesn't make that's an out. He's under, that's why he oh. was underrated for so many years. But the problem is now he's overrated because his defense is so bad. I mean, he, right. he needs to be in the American League. But, you know, Jay Bruce <laughs> isn't a terrible outfielder. Right. I mean, he's, not, he's never going to – you're not going to mistake him for a burner. He's no Ichiro. He's no Franklin Gutierrez. But, I mean – for, for a corner outfielder, he can sort of lumber around out there. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe he gets better reads. Because, you know, as good a outfielder uh, as Franklin Gutierrez is, he's not the, a burner like Ichiro. I mean, he just gets incredible reads, and he's not slow. It's kind of like Jim Edmonds. Jim, Jim yeah. Edmonds made some of the most spectacular catches, or they looked like it. It was just happened to be that he was slow. <laughs> and he did it in, in his prime. You know, he, he played plus center field, but... I mean, again, yeah, you're you're right. He totally made up for his lack of foot speed by just no the moment the ball left the bat, he knew he where to go. Yeah. He knew the spot to run to, and he As happened to, to have... Jacoby Ellsbury, right? <laughs> who's got natural speed? He's a burner, but uh, he's got to take like two seconds to decide if the ball's going to be anywhere near him. 
And those uh, reads and the the roots he takes are just they looping. make me hurt inside. Yeah. Looping. I mean, they make they. It's like I'm playing center field as my corporate softball league. That's how bad they look. Yeah, or like you're on stage, you're doing a little S turn. You know, you're turning around back, so you always keep your front side to the audience. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, as, uh, long, as long as I know, he's not uh, figure skating out there, right? Exactly. So you have to do that. But enough enough bagging on on the Red Sox. Like, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Because <laughs> so, you know, I mean. We all know that – I think everyone's going to learn very quickly that uh, we'll have a very fun time doing that. Yeah. Um, okay, how so about – How about next player? How about Tommy Hansen, pitcher for pitcher. the Braves? Starting pitcher. Yeah. Real right-hander, real nasty stuff. He was dominant ERA around two and a half in his debut last year. Um, came up, obviously, uh, to uh, late to delay his arbitration by a year. Um and he's had a real good start to this season, too. I mean, right. he's, I, I'm pretty sure he's the real deal. And I'm going to say, if any of you in those keeper leagues, if you have somebody who's maybe trying to sell high, or I doubt it, but if you have anybody who's trying to sell high or you got a veteran pitcher who's you know maybe on the downside of his career, say like Johan Santana, who's more name than uh, stuff at this point. Yeah. See if you can do it. And I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, Tommy Hansen, he's a... He's, uh, He's he's the real deal, and he's he's going to be in the league for a long time to come. Those Braves know how to develop pitching. Yeah, uh, the the thing is that the Brave or Braves organization knows how to develop pitching, as you just said. And if any young pitcher is going to come up in, a, in, a, in an organization and know and develop into a great pitcher, it's the Braves organization. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think I think you're right about that. Tommy Hansen is going to be very very good. Um, and the Braves have another great on their hands. I mean, they've had to replace Maddox, you know, Smaltz, Clavin, um, and they haven't been able to do it really until I think <laughs> Hanson here. Yeah, I, w- I want to go on a bit of a side tangent here. Uh, I mean, okay, before that, just with the Braves, I mean, they have Jared Jurgens. He's a cool guy, great name. Um, <laughs> nasty great name. <laughs> Better name than pitcher, probably. Yeah. But I want to I, I want to talk a little bit. I know he's not a sophomore player, but the hype is so big. I mean, we can talk about Strasburg and Chapman later, but they're not in the majors. The top prospect who made it to the majors is Jason Hayward. And, yes. Uh, I was gonna say you forgot to mention him when you talked about the the freshmen or the pseudo freshmen that are coming up. But I mean, I have to say, Jason Hayward. Maybe his parents, Dartmouth, kind of cool. Go green, cool. go green. Uh, yeah, go go green. Um, go keggies. Um, but uh, I mean, the kid seems. First of all, he doesn't look like a kid. No, I mean the guy's a man child. I mean, and he's not really a child. What? He's twenty. He's an adult. Yeah, but he I mean, he's huge, and he's just gonna get. I mean, I mean tall, but he's he's like he's like six. He's six six, I think. Yeah, something like that, and like two forty, and yet he somehow looks lanky. Like he can put on more muscle. Which is terrifying. That's, scary. That's terrifying. I mean, his forearms are already like my legs. Yeah. <laughs> and he hits for power. I mean, he, I, I'm just happy I don't part. I don't uh, go to Braves games because I'd be afraid wherever <laughs> I park my car. You know, maybe I'd have to park the car in like uh, in South Carolina or something. I don't know. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that we were talking about when Jay Bruce hits the ball, it stays hit. Or, you know, when A-Rod hits the ball, it stays hit. Or when like Gary Sheffield hits the ball, it stays hit. This kid, it's when he when he tags it. It sounds like, you know, like a thunderclap. It, it's ridiculous. Oh, and, and that's what uh, that's what I keep hearing, that when he hits the ball, it sounds like the way A-Rod hit it when he was coming up. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just an, a unique sound, and you just know it's going to be traveling a, f- a long way. And I'm just surprised that the pitchers don't throw the ball and lie on the ground flat so they don't get killed by yeah. the streamer <laughs> that's going back at them. I mean, anyone in the infield, I'd be scared for my health. <laughs> and he's he's had a bit. I mean, he started out he started out strong. He got the same exact treatment that we hear a lot of the young uh, young hitters coming up. Get the fastballs first, you know. See if the kid knows what what a ball of a strike is with a fastball. See if the kid can hit a fastball. But now he's been being fed more breaking stuff, and he started fishing. But you're already starting to see him make adjustments. That's the sign of a great player and a well coached player too. Yeah. And a smart player. And uh, he's got every tool. He's got every tool. And he has the humility. I mean, that's the thing I like to see. He's not hes not flamboyant. He's not all in your face. You know, I'm the greatest player in the world. He goes in. He does his job. He talks to the press and says, you know what? I'm a young guy. I have a lot to learn. I just want to try my best and help my team win. And, you know, that will take him a long way. It will. It definitely will. And, and, and it's genuine. It's not something he's putting on because a PR guy told him or his agent told him, you got to be nice for the folks at home. Um you know, who pay your bills because they, they go to the, the, the stadium every day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, he, he hit the game-winning uh, home run, uh, hit. He hit he hit the walk-off hit uh, yesterday. Yep. Um, and, you know, and he got the shaving cream uh, <laughs> uh, pie in the face. You know, I think that's the tradition of the Yankees started last season. Um, that All the other teams have picked up, and I love it. Um, but, you know, he's, he's – you're right. He's got the whole package, not just physically, but – um, in terms of maturity, and it's good to see uh, the crop of young stars coming up, not acting like brats, uh, really kind of appreciating where they are in the world. So, and, I mean, yeah, Strasburg shows the same thing. I mean, I'm really, I, I, I have to say that I think that uh, they're starting to realize, you know, in the in the media saturated world we're in, you're not going to get away with being a prima donna. No. You're, you're, you're good. Somebody's going to expose you. You're going to end up doing something somewhere to somebody, and it's just going to hurt your image. It's going to hurt your uh, your sponsorship opportunities. You can't hide that sort of thing. You right. Can't, and, go you ahead. can't be an alcoholic. You, you know, can't be a crazy womanizer. You gotta you gotta keep your nose clean. And it and because you're going to make a mistake. You're a human being, but it's much easier for people to forgive you if you have a history of being a nice guy or girl out there than and you make one mistake or two mistakes or whatever, it's easier for people to forgive you. But if you act like a jerk, no one's going to want to come to your defense. It's the way it is. That's so, it's so true. Uh, and it's, I mean, I don't care if it's the PR people telling them they have to be this way. I don't care about any of that. I right. just think that uh, it's good, you know, that they're setting a good example as role models because they're role models, the kids out there. Um, and hopefully, you know. This if is they just, want to or not. If they want to be or not, they are. Yeah. But if that's, they, they, yeah, you, you are a role model. If you put yourself in any position where you're showing yourself to be one of the best at what you do, you're a role model. doesn't matter. You don't have a choice. Um, I mean, it just comes to the territory. If you want the Bucks, take the responsibility. Exactly. Um, and I, I just think it's great to see not only you know his maturity on the field, but his maturity off the field. And uh, as, as you see over and over again, the guys who make themselves into legends aren't the guys who coast on talent alone. There are a lot of talented people out there. Absolutely. But if you combine talent with that insatiable desire to win, and uh, you know, and the and the and the work ethic to continually make yourself better and recognize that you're still a human being, it doesn't matter if you can hit the ball 700 feet. You know, you got mm-hmm. you have something you need to work on. 
that that you see, then that's when you be you see the true superstars emerge, the guys who can keep themselves throughout their entire careers focused on the singular goal of improving and winning. Absolutely, absolutely, and you're right. Every superstar is like that. The true legends of the sport. Um, so, you know, Hayward, uh, not Hayward, yeah, Hayward. Um, so yeah, he's gonna be a great. Uh, and uh, what's the next topic, bro? Okay, uh, let's uh, let's let's finish up. We already touched on the Red Sox a little bit. I feel bad rubbing more salt in that wound. Um, well, I just have yeah. uh, I just I just have t- yeah. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about them. Well, just a, <laughs> just a little bit, just because you know I want to be a little more fair to them and and stuff like that. So why don't why don't you you start and then uh, okay. I, can I mean, up a little bit. To to be fair, they're a good team. They're gonna play better than how they're playing right now. But I mean, they got some major issues going on right now. Two thirds of their starting outfield is hurt. I mean, obviously they can't control uh, Mike Cameron's uh, kidney stones. <laughs> um, Sorry, I just had to laugh when I saw that story. I mean, I kidney stones. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. So we have David Ortiz. You know, they got the Red Sox traded Manny because they they couldn't deal with him anymore. They didn't want to pay the money for an aging slugger or whatever. And by and the I way, that, by the way, he's doing great as a Dodger. Yeah. I mean, because I think he actually wants to be there. And I can understand why somebody would want to get rid of Manny Ramirez, not the person, not the ball player. Right. Anyway, so, yeah. But now the center of their lineup, I mean, they got some good guys at the top. They got Euclid, they have Pedroia, I mean, they have Victor Martinez. But they need David Ortiz to be who he used to be. They do. They're counting on it. They're built around it. Exactly, and... I mean, the, the designated hitter position is so important in the American League East because it lets you carry a guy who can just hit. I mean, and there are other divisions where the offensive bar is lower in the American League. I mean, look at the AL West. You've got a bunch of teams out there that can barely hit the ball out of the infield. Um, but if you're in the American League East, if you're in the best division in baseball, you need a, your designated hitter to be a hitter. That's the position. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. That, uh, that, you know, you're holding a guy like David Ortiz, you're paying him over $10 million a year. I mean, he's another guy, like Javier Vasquez, who, you know, got booed at the beginning of the season, and he's mad about it. I don't get it. I mean, yeah. y- you're stinking up the joint. <laughs> and he's stinking, he's stinking a lot worse than Javi, because Javi at least can get some people out, right? Yeah. Occasionally. Well, Ortiz can get people out, too, just himself, himself over <laughs> and over again. And, and uh, occasionally the double play. Yeah, yeah, and occasionally he brings along a friend. It's very nice of him. <laughs> yeah. He's a sociable guy. What can I say? Um, He's but, a poppy. Know, but that's the thing. You know, the fans were so good for him for, to all the all those years. You know, he came in as no one. And now, you know, he played well. But the Red Sox really made him a, made him a huge star. And, and those fans made him a huge star. And a rich man. A, a, and a very rich man. So those same fans are saying now, you know, Poppy, we love you, but – you gotta hit. And I and I just want to mention, you know, it's not like any player is immune to being booed. I mean, the Yankee fans booed Mariano Rivera. They booed Derek they, Jeter. I mean, yeah. they booed Mickey. They booed Mickey Mantle. They booed Joe DiMaggio. They booed Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. These are legends of the sport. So it's not. And Javier Vasquez and David Ortiz are not legends. Far from it. I mean, they're not getting booed because fans dislike them as people. They're getting booed because the fans don't like that when they stink. Right. I mean, wouldn't you prefer that your fans cared? Yeah, I mean, and it's not it, – it, and playing baseball is your job. 
And maybe, you know, other people at their jobs don't get booed, but they definitely get told when they're doing a lousy job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they can complain about it all they want. It's not going to change it. They're just going to have to go and do better. Or they get fired. You can't Would fire you... the baseball players. They're going to get paid their money. So and I think you want your fans to care. I mean, yes. if you don't want your fans to care how you play, go to South Florida and, you know, play in front of 15 people and tell me, you know, how much fun that is. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go play for the Pirates or something. I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, if David Ortiz doesn't want to get booed when he stinks, there are plenty of places he can go for that. There are just nowhere I think he'd want to go. Or that would sign him. I mean, obviously. got to remember that. Well, if he's falling apart, there's not going to be many people who are going to want to sign him. But, I mean, the, the, the Red Sox's problems right now, I mean, their biggest problem beyond David Ortiz is they're starting pitching, which is supposed to be dominant. Right. I mean, they got Josh Beckett. They got John Lester. They have Clay Buckholtz. And, um, they, they, and, they, and they signed John Lackey, who I was really concerned about as a Yankee fan because he's been a Yankee slayer for many years with the Angels, who, as an organization, have been Yankee slayers. And yep. You know, he, he's not been dominant like they need him to be. And I really don't even think he's ever been an ace kind of stuff guy. But he's just been one of those tough pitchers who knows how to pitch and get people out, even though he doesn't have the best stuff in the world. But he competes um, and he believes in every single one of his pitches. Right. He's got conviction. And you've got to be able to believe and to throw your pitches at the major league level. You can't just rely on your mid-90s fastball. That's not going to get it done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. The Red Sox have a lot more problems than just David Ortiz. Their starting pitching has to get better. John Lester, um, you know, I just don't know what's wrong with him. And he's a left-handed fireballer. He should be pretty dominant in, in this league. I'm not, I'm not too worried about him. I just have to say, though, I mean, stumbling out of the gate in other divisions, maybe not a huge deal. You put the Red Sox in the AL Central, and they're going to run away. It doesn't matter if they start 4-10. It doesn't matter if they probably start 4-20. They're still going to win enough. Right. To run away with that division. Because they, they can win the, the division with 85, 90, 95 wins. Yeah, but you're not you're not going to win the division. When the Yankees and the Rays both start ten, I mean, uh, uh, 9 and 3 and 10 and 3, right. like the Yankees and the, and the Rays are doing right now. I mean, and the Yankees just took two out of three from the from the Red Sox, and the Rays just swept them in a four-game series. I mean, it's not these aren't pushovers. You're not right. going to win six out of ten games for the rest of the year. I mean, you're not going to be playing the Pirates and the, you know, Padres of the world the exactly. rest of the, the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, people are trying – I think the, the writers in Boston are trying to stem the, the, the feelings of panic. But when you're five games – when you're spotting the Rays and the Yankees five games, even early, you're just playing catch-up, and there's a lot of stress on your team. You, you don't want to put stress like that on yourselves, you know, early like that. You want to be able to, you know, control your own destiny. And, and let's be honest, you know, they should be panicking right now. I'm not going to say stay calm in, in Beantown. I'm going to say you should be panicking because it's going to be very hard from yeah. here until the end of the season to outplay both the Yankees and the Rays for that wild card spot. And, I mean, I, and the Blue Jays. And I mean, the Blue Jays. The Jays, that's the thing, that even playing in their division, the worst two teams in their division are the Blue Jays, who'd probably be a, comp a competitive team in any other division other than maybe the NL East. Um, and then you have the, uh, the Orioles, who are a dangerous young team. Right, which is the role the Rays have been playing for the last couple of years. But now they're kind of established. You know, their players aren't so you know, uh, young, and, young anymore. 
but uh, you're right. It, it, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna tell the Red Sox to panic, 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 and uh, kind of like try to spend a lot of money or something to ca- get some, make trades or whatever. But you can't be comfortable if you're a Red Sox fan, and uh, it's just not a good place to be. You know. Yeah, I, but, I, 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 but I mean, on a more positive note, and I say this, I mean. I'm a Yankee fan. Don't get me wrong. But the team that I admire most are the Tampa Bay Rays. The way that they are run. Um, Their manager, Madden. I mean, yeah, I mean. Class I'm guy. Saying, but Andrew Friedman, I mean, he's he's a brainiac. He's the guy who runs the whole ship. And, yeah, he makes unpopular moves. Yeah, he makes mistakes, you know, to see Pat Burrow. But if you look at that farm system top to bottom, if you yeah. look at their major league talent right now top to bottom, that – I mean, th- this guy knows how to run an organization better than anybody. Right, and they know when to develop players and when, you know, how to develop pitching. I mean, I think that David Price keeping him from being a starter until this season, right? I mean, he wasn't a starter last year. Yeah. Um, in the majors, at least, like keeping him in the in in the in the pocket, so to speak, and have him develop a little more. I think he's going to have a monster season, and oh, yeah. and it's going to look like a brilliant move th- that it is. Uh. You know, keeping Crawford, keeping, you know, B.J. Upton. Uh, I could actually expect uh, Crawford to get traded near the deadline. And yeah, I could see that because Desmond Jennings, I, I know they need to, to hold Jennings in the minors to keep his clock, you know, right. from the starting arbitration so they get another that, year yeah. of control, which is a ridiculous rule, by the way. But we, we can talk about that another time. But, like, I, I, I have to say about Desmond Jennings, this guy can play in the majors right now. Yeah. I mean, he, he might be a slight drop off from Crawford, but. I don't know. I mean, it's not that big. Right, and, and Crawford's not a spring chicken anymore. What, is he 28, 29? I mean, he don't, he's, he's going to be a good, he's a good player. He's going to well, be a good player for a long time. Guys with his skill set age well, but they're the Rays. They don't have a lot of money. They can't afford to, you know, hold on to a guy like Crawford and overpay him later in his career. Right. That's what the Yankees are for. <laughs> Uh, maybe. I, I highly doubt that they're going to trade Crawford to the Yankees. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what happens. I mean, the, le- the left field market next season could be interesting. Uh, but I, I just have to say that, you know, if you look at every position on the diamond, except for catcher, I think, for the Rays, like they have guys who are just waiting. Guys who are going to be ready. They They have... A pipeline of talent so that if one guy gets too expensive, they can trade him off and they have somebody nearly as good or just as good or sometimes better who's ready to, to break on, break into the scene. Absolutely right. And, you know, we can do a whole thing about the the um, Rays farm system and who they have in the pipeline to replace. They're already superstar players. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Red Sox have something to worry about. The Rays are a great story. The Yankees are going to do really well. Um and, you know, I think – I just want to mention this one thing about the Red Sox. And the Red Sox' bad start has, I think, more to do with how poorly they're playing than any kind of lucky breaks that are happening for the teams that they played. I mean, you need, the Rays aren't going to win a lot of games because they were lucky. I mean, they're going to get some. Every team does. But most of anything in this world, any success that you make, especially baseball, is luck that you make for yourself. You know, you have skill. You're a good player. You're, good, you're a good club. You know, you get hits when you need them, and, and you make pitches when you need to. And for a player like Victor Martinez, who's a great player, to come out and say, you know, 
you've just all lost these games because you know all the breaks have gone the other uh, other team's way. Oh, that's not true at all. Which is not true, but it just makes you look seem like a whiner, yeah. um, someone who's not ready to dig down when the, when it's tough yeah. and to just play your game and to know and to trust in your skills and your preparation and the fact that you've done well in the past. Yeah, what Matt Garza built. did to them, what Matt Garza did to that Red Sox lineup was not luck. No. He destroyed them. And Matt Garza is one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. So it's just insulting to yourself because you're a major league player and, and, and a player like Victor Martinez has had a lot of success. And it's insulting to your opponents to say that they won by luck and luck alone. Um, so, I mean, I, I, that, that annoyed me today. Uh, yeah. I, you know, that's not – the Yankees are never, would never say that. And if they did, you know, Joe Girardi would have a closed-door conversation with that player about that comment. Uh, so th- th- that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think Theo Epstein's making any excuses. That's not something you hear Dustin Pedroia say. No. I mean, again, you know, I, I'm not the biggest Pedroia fan in the world, but the guy, the guy cares, and he's not going to take – he's not going to pass the buck. No. He, he takes responsibility for, for, for his mistakes. And uh, that way, you know, he can take credit when he when he happens to kick butt. So <laughs> which is often for him. Other, yeah, <laughs> so you, you can't have it. But you can't, you know, can't pass the buck when you screw up and then try to take credit when uh, things aren't going your way. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. So, OK, so is there one more topic we're going to discuss or is that it? No, I think I think that's it for this time. I mean, we this is our first podcast. Um, obviously, we talked mostly about baseball this time, about the American League East. Um, but, uh, I know we're going to be covering other things in the future. I know you want to talk about, uh, you know, MMA. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's a big sport of mine. Um, you know, boxing, MMA, uh, there were some big fights, uh, last week, weekend, this past weekend, nothing too much to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll touch on it next week, but, uh, the big fight coming up is Mayweather Mosley. So we'll touch on that at some point. Um, we also want to probably want to talk about soccer or, uh, or football, as it's called. Yes, World Cup coming up. World Cup's up. coming up. We'll go through the draw for um, some couple of teams of interest, obviously the United States and their group. And um, the major story there is that we're going to be playing England, the first game. Um, <laughs> it's very important that uh, the people win the first game. Um, we can run, run through some t- statistics of historical uh, success um, based off the first game win. Um, we can also go through South Korea, what their draws are like. Uh, we're both uh, from South Korea, so that's a, l- a b- yep. little interest. Um, but yeah, so and and if anyone actually listens to this, you can uh, email us or um, whatever. We'll we'll put that into the comments with information for the podcast with any sort of uh, topics you'd like us to discuss um, or players we'd like you'd like us to analyze. Yep, and that's uh, that does it for our first podcast. Um, you can catch us again next week. Um, And uh, this is the Goodman Brothers signing off. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, for listening.